1: chgo white Sox podcast coming to you live from studio a of our chgo offices here in the west loop of chicago i'm your host sean anderson alongside me vinnie duber our chgo white Sox beat writer you can follow him at vinnie duber he's our chgo white Sox beat writer and the man in the middle is herb lawrence hello you can follow him at ecknerwall 23 he's our chgo white Sox community leader um, and i'm sean anderson again you can follow me at sean underscore w underscore anderson you can follow the show at chgo Go underscore White Sox and uh, shout out to Sarah.
0: Happy Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween. Sarah made cookies. Oh, they're good, too. And you both like them. Uh, I haven't tried them just yet. But as uh, the graphic Sarah made, said, don't be scared. Hit that like button. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. We got Pomsky Life Nova chatting in the the comments. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, We appreciate everyone uh, hanging out with us. And if you are and are not subscribed yet, hit that big, giant, red subscribe button underneath the video. Uh, You can't miss it. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the 2024 rotation maybe uh will jake eater possibly be threatening for a spot in the 2024 rotation and if he is um i think it means it's i think that's bad things for the white Sox. um i guess that's the best way i could put it um and Vinny, i will let you know a little bit of what i've shown herb already uh my horrific horrific off-season plan <laughs> if Jake Eater actually starts the White Sox or starts with the White Sox in the rotation in 2024 um, I, I will share you the horrible horrible way that this team could possibly look if things are this bad um, we'll, we'll truly get into it but also you know I'm not that pessimistic I got some middle thoughts and some you know Uh, What's the opposite of pessimistic? Optimistic. Optimistic Optimistic thoughts, too, to share. So uh, we'll get into that. Uh, Let's get in, though, to uh, Jake Eater. Uh, There is currently the uh, Glendale Desert Dogs going on. Uh, Their season lasts until around November 11th. There was a recent walk-off single from Colson Montgomery. Uh, So that's probably going to raise him up on the prospect rankings. But... Uh, Jake Eater has also been a focus uh, for the Sox players that are currently participating in Arizona Fall League. Mark Gonzalez, uh, who's writing with the Sun-Times nowadays, uh, wrote on Jake Eater, who is uh, down in Glendale. And Chris Getz said on Jake Eater, quote, he's not far off. This was a week ago, um, but... Getz said he wasn't concerned and he just thinks that, you know, Eater was kind of finding himself in those double uh, A days that he had in Birmingham uh, after the trade deadline. Um, what do we make of the quotes coming out from Glendale uh, from Chris Getz on Jake Eater? Um, is it something to actually look into or is this Chris Getz being act about, asked about a player and speaking highly because he's Chris Getz?
2: I don't know. I can't read too much into what it was said. And the numbers, both from Birmingham and the Desert Dogs, aren't encouraging at all, according to just if you're looking at traditional wins, losses, ARA, walks, uh, strikeouts, all that good stuff. But if Chris Getz believes that Jake Eater isn't far off, that can just be he got pl- plausible deniability. I was like I He could say, hey, not far off can mean 2025. It could be next year, but also it could be whenever he is ready to come up to the major leagues. But from my eye and from this guy just coming off of Tommy John, where he missed the whole 2022 season, I think that he'll probably need a couple uh, more uh, rounds down there, either in Birmingham or in Charlotte, before he is ready for Major League Baseball. And probably also Chris Getz giving his guy a little encouragement, a little carrot, not all the stick. so. I'll see. I'll say that is just GM nonsense, trying to get sell papers and stuff like that, and get us talking about things like that with Jake Eater. Not even J- nonsense. It's just filler. You think Jake Eater selling papers? No, he's not selling papers. But we're talking about it. People are looking forward to the next person who's gonna be up there. And we did trade Jake Berger away. I would uh, suspect they would be trying to pump up Jake Eater because that's the player they got back. And so, yeah.
3: I don't know if anybody's looked out the window, but whether it's the weather going on outside or reaction to some sort of benign comment about a prospect, uh, boy, did we fast forward to winter right away, (laughs) and uh, you've got people jumping all over any little bit of anything that they can get uh, to talk about this team, which obviously hasn't been playing for a whole month now, and uh, you know, uh, looking forward to something that allows to project forward positively or negatively, Uh, but listen. This is much ado about nothing. This is just a general manager complimenting a young prospect, particularly one that, like you said, uh, they're, the team traded for. The team went out and got because the front office at the time, of course Chris Getz was a part of it, not leading it, uh, believed in this pitcher enough to, to swap Jake Berger for him. Um, you know, like you said, Sean, close can mean anything. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there is probably no chance that Jake Eater is – Part of the White Sox rotation on Opening Day, twenty twenty four. That being said, maybe he turns on a switch and has himself a really nice first half, and he finds himself, uh, you know, making some big league starts toward the end of next season. But I don't think anybody should go projecting him as part of that Opening Day rotation quite yet. That you know, again, I understand why. People are, are are thinking this way because look, there's three empty spots in the rotation. Nobody has uh, be, uh, been able to sign any free agents yet with the with the World Series going on. So hey, let's just start plugging in players that are are down in the minors to to fill those spots at least in the meantime. But I think you've got a guy who's still very much in development mode down there. Listen, the the White Sox aren't the only people high on this guy. You know, if you look at the evaluators and the rankings, they all uh, thought when the trade was made, continue to think that he can be something. Um, And I think that you've got, even if it is a little bit off in terms of not opening day next year. You've got a few names in the, on the starting pitching front, finally, for this White Sox team that you know you can point to and say, oh, maybe the future, maybe the future here. Uh, Eater's one of them. Nastrini is one of them. Uh, and, and even Kai Bush, who they got in that Angels trade, you could throw his name uh, in that mix as well. But as we know from following the last time we were following prospects, right, they don't always... It doesn't always oh. just, uh, you know, go to the majors right that way. Yeah, we saw Kopech and Cease and, uh, you know, and, and Giolito, but uh, we, we never saw Alec Hansen at the big league level and plenty of other guys that were being talked about. Jonathan uh, Stever. yes. Well, we, we, did, saw, see we did see him. We did see Didn't him. We did see him. Yeah, we, we saw, briefly, saw him way
2: too many times. If Briefly. <laughs> way but too many times. Yeah, he was not good. I don't think we saw him enough. He's I made mean, like that's three that's starts, ex- hasn't he? <laughs> way too many times, man. He was He's been there. hurt. Yeah, ex- boom. <laughs> way too many times. Wow. Okay. I thought about Stever the same way I used to think about Jimmy Lambert. Three, yeah, three games,
1: six and a third inning. Well, I was right. Well, wow. the,
3: the, the, the point, though, that I'm making is that I don't think anybody needs to rush to, uh, oh, my God, Chris Getz is putting Jake Eater in the rotation for opening day uh, quite yet. Uh, that being said, though, listen, something something to start talking about this offseason, and, and uh, he's definitely a name worth watching, as the White Sox don't. As I've said many times, they're not really going back into rebuild mode, but – there is maybe a little bit more focus on years down the line than next year in terms of, uh, you know, what might happen this off season. That might be the way it plays out. We'll find out Um, if that's the case. And we're talking about 2025 all of a sudden here, then a guy like Eater and and those other double A, triple A names are guys to to keep eyes on.
1: I guess the one thing, though, that we really haven't talked about with you, because you've been on vacation, is if you are – going into this offseason with the idea of being competitive in 2025, shouldn't you still be acting like 2024 is a competitive year or you're at least trying to build towards something? I think if you, and obviously this is worst-case scenario, you put three rookies into the rotation, that's a horrible sign, and I don't think the White Sox think that they're going to be that competitive. But, um, you know, you look at the Rangers, after they lost 100, and, uh, 100 what, two two games, um, they went out and signed Simeon and Seager. Uh, and then they continued that. They spent like $500 million and then $275 million the next offseason. So the whole quote around Chris Young was that he kept his foot on the gas. Do you think that the White Sox need to do that if they want to be actually competitive in 2025? Like, I don't know. I don't think you can skip steps. And it's fine that they want these guys to have lofty goals. And Jake Eder says... Um, where is it uh the goal for me is to be in the starting rotation in 2024 that was my goal all along and it will continue to be and I know that there have been some quotes saying that you know we want these guys to be competitive Pedro saying uh there are spots open so you know let's let guys compete but Jake Eater's not ready yet I mean but does
3: who said that he is you know what I mean that's true but I guess
1: if if he does make it to the starting rotation I guess that's a, a, a bad sign for the White Sox I
3: mean, if he's there on opening day, yeah, right? Because you're going to have tons of questions as to whether, uh, about his readiness, even if he does have a very nice spring, right? But, uh, you know, it's the same kind of thing we've talked about with other young players in the past. But, uh, you know, if if he has three, four months in, minor, in the minor leagues next year and he's blown everybody away, there's going to be plenty of people saying, bring him up, bring him up, bring him up. Uh, and they might determine at that time that he's ready. So, again, I, I don't think they're, punting planning on punting on on 2024 or anything like that you might see a move that makes a lot more sense for 25 than it does for 24 but you might see it this offseason you know we have to see how things play out but um, you're talking about something in a rotation that is comprised mostly of rookies that I don't think we have any sort of inclination that that's what is going to happen or that that there would be a large chance that that would happen yet yeah, I, I I look at a guy who had success last year like Nastrini as being able to maybe take advantage of an opportunity in the spring if there is a spot available, if he's just going up against some, for lack of a better term, bargain basement kind of free agents who you're just taking a shot on, right? Maybe he has a great spring, and it's like, all right, give him a shot. Let's see what happens, because he proved in 2023 that he had a very uh, good amount of success at the minor league level, you know earned kind of the ramp up. A guy like Eater obviously probably has some things that they'd like him to work on in a big way against minor league competition i don't know if he has that same kind of opportunity in reality he pre- he might be invited to spring training but i don't know if in reality he has that same type of opportunity as a guy who is coming off a very successful season that ended with him getting promoted to AAA
2: and I'm thinking that uh, he can get back to where he was a couple of years ago before the Tommy John. I mean, I've looked at his stats. Maybe I missed something. Did he never just, just skip single A and go right to double A and have great performance out of college? If, if that's the case, he had a sub-2 ERA, at a, uh, like five or he six. Was in, he was in single A. Single A, okay. Uh, uh, he was in Jupiter. Nine and two-thirds innings in a 4 6 area. Six and then just went to double-A and dominated. So if he can get back to that track, like Vinny said, at the end of the year, trade deadline, the White Sox are either in it or not, but he's proven himself to be a starter of that caliber. And back on that track, he's just turned 25. So he's not a spring chicken, but he's not you know old as hell. So I think he can get back there by like the end of next year. beginning of next year, I don't think at all, because like we said, he doesn't have the innings base. He's trying to just build himself up right now. And then he doesn't have the success to go along with the innings base.
1: Yeah. And as you're alluding to, the 25 year old Eater, who just turned 25 in early October, uh, was drafted in 2020. Yeah. 2020 in the fourth round uh, by the Marlins and then immediately was put into Pensacola. Which is their double A, uh, then missed in twenty twenty two and only had nine and two thirds innings in twenty twenty three, in single A. But most of his minor league innings have come. I think around ninety of them have come. Uh, it might even be a hundred. Uh, what's seventy one plus twenty nine? Yeah. That's a hundred. Yeah, and and, and there's and there's yeah. So uh, I think a hundred and one <laughs> innings uh, total for uh, Eater at. Pensacola, which is Miami's double-A. So, over 100 innings there and then 17 innings at Birmingham. So, um, I mean, he is 25. We see Brandon Fott coming in. You know, he's 25. He was around a fourth to fifth-round pick. It's not... A crazy jump that Eater could be in the starting rotation at some point. Mm-hmm. I just think it's probably not to start this season if Sox fans were worried. Um, Getz said he's finishing his full first full professional season. He's very intelligent. He's going to find it. It's a matter of time. Um, and Mark notes that the development of a changeup would serve as a separator for Eater. Uh, that And Getz acknowledged uh, that remaining command of his two primary pitches r- remain a priority. Um, so as long as he's first Mainly a fastball slider guy, um, and then working in that changeup. Um, you know, maybe Eater has those three pitches to be able to take towards a major league rotation. The issue is, if you're working on a changeup, you probably don't want to do that at a major league level as a 25 year old rookie. No, so I think it's likely, probably 95 percent likely that Jake Eater doesn't win a chop in uh, spring training, and you know is is in the double A or triple A rotation.
3: Well, and I'll I'll bring this up too. You know, we've got a a new GM that we're covering or that we're talking about running running the White Sox, right? And so for years we got used to the way that Rick Hahn talked about things mm-hmm. and when it came to prospects and their level of readiness Rick was very cautious to think about what his words were going to mean for expectations right Mm -hmm. and so he often would speak about it in a different way than other people who worked in the organization right I remember every time we would talk to Marco Patti about an international signing Mm -hmm. in the winter it would be this guy's this guy's close to being major league to the major leagues this guy's close to the major leagues and he he could have been talking about a guy who was 19 (laughs) years old right it was just but but he was excited about the player and he was looking at the skill set and describing the skill set and saying we identify things that that could make this guy a major leaguer sooner rather than later hopefully if everything goes right that was what the reading between the lines was on that front and Chris really was similar to when he you know was the head of player development you know talking up these guys as as showing what they're uh showing what they're capable of showing improvement you know from one year to the next oh this guy is close because he's closer than he was last year kind of thing um and then obviously as you mentioned talking about the way guys talk about themselves right you want these guys to say I'm going to be in the major leagues next year because it shows a confidence in themselves a confidence in their ability and a, and a hunger to achieve a goal right and, and work toward a goal so um um when you hear Chris Goetz say Jake Eater's close or not far off from from maybe being uh, a major league caliber guy y- you kind of have to work it through the translator of what we used to hear from Rick Khan which probably wouldn't have been those words because he was very cognizant of if I say this people will expect this and if those expectations aren't met so and so forth and so on um Maybe Chris Getz will get there once you know he's, he's talked about this and uh, had his words dissected so closely by us and everybody else. But uh, I think uh, right now it's interesting and uh, probably relies heavily on a lot of context from, from me and other folks who cover the team closely and have for years uh, when it comes to setting those expectations based on those words that we're hearing from the guys. It might – he's not far off could mean a lot of different things uh depending on who's saying it and uh what has been said about those players in the past
1: right he could be you know not far off from regaining where he was before right, right. you know tommy john surgery i mean this is what the only second time that chris gets has addressed the media um and barely even i mean the media i guess he talked to mark um only so i mean it's not like he has a full scrum uh, experience right um so i mean this is chris's Infancy of being a GM, Um, I also find it interesting too. He didn't acquire Jake Eater, correct? No, he has he has no ties to Jake Eater. I mean, like, I I, I guess he was a part of the organization when they made the trade. But he has
3: he has ties to him in that he is the GM of a team (laughs) of an organization in which Jake Eater is a highly rated prospect. In
2: that's true. (laughs) Um, Jake Eater's here. Theoretically, all these players are not his. Like, except for the guy he got at the end of the year from the Texas Rangers. Like, all these people, he has to act like they are his, though, and move that way in that fashion. I know he didn't acquire Jake Heater, but that's his guy. And he'll be judged upon Jake Heater's development, too, and other players, of course. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's kind of like the football thing where people are like, "Uh, that's not my quarterback. I didn't draft him, so I can easily get rid of him. But I'm sure that he wants to have... Jake Eater succeed because, yes, Kenny Williams did trade for him, but I guarantee the majority of the blame or success will be going to him. If, it, if Jake Eater does not uh, win a good job in spring training or is not good in 2024. Well,
1: and if Jake Berger is really good in 2024 well, and beyond, uh, wow. we'll definitely be hearing a lot about it. Uh, Jake Berger had an OPS <laughs> plus of 113 with the Chicago White Sox, and then they traded him to the Miami Marlins, and he got better. Uh, 130 and OPS
2: plus. Got, and he started like getting on base much more, too. Mm-hmm. His average was better. Yeah, It was and, only two months, but still... He was a much better player in Miami.
1: 214 average to 303, 279 on base to 355. Uh, the slugging went down, but the OPS went up, and that's all that matters. Uh, Jake Berger was incredibly uh, influential into that team making the playoffs this year. But still, I look at this. I look yep. at the trade.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where would Jake Berger play? I mean, you're not able to move off Moncada. It's $24 million
3: this year. He can't play the outfield. And you made Vaughn the number three pick in the draft, like I well, know. And
1: both of them can't play first base, yeah. right?
3: Right. And I, and I think, listen, I understand what a lot of fans do. They look at it and say, "Who cares? Who cares if you play the best player at the best position?" Right. But the investment that's been made in Yoan Moncada means you cannot you cannot do anything but s- stick with him unless someone's going to give you equal value to to, to get rid of him. Hmm. The uh, Fiscal or the financial investment might not be the same in Andrew Vaughn, but you staked a lot of stuff on him with that number three pick in the draft being part of your future, not to mention that they just still believe that he's going to be really, really good. I would not be surprised if almost everyone who worked worked and works in that front office still thinks that Andrew Vaughn is going to turn out to be a better hitter than Jake Berger at the end of the day. Again, you the viewer us the observers we can think differently but we're not the ones making that decision and our you know we can look at something and say oh well we have data and we watched last season and boy jake Berger was much better but that's probably from a talent evaluation standpoint projection standpoint not what the folks over at 35th and shields saw which is why jake Berger got traded right um listen he was a guy who proved that forcing the issue though is a thing right he got himself playing time by hitting the ball really, really well. And so you, you, I would not bet against him continuing to force the issue right now. You could say, well – all he's got to do is just keep hitting and eventually something's got to give. And, and that could have very well happened. But I think your point, Sean is very correct in that. They said we've mapped out our future, both short term and long term. And those corner infield spots are spoken for.
1: Well, and two, just to address Alex and Austin uh, before Herb jumps in, mm-hmm. uh, Bur- them bringing up that burger was also a first round pick, um, burger being 11th, uh, in his draft Vaughn being third in his draft. The issue is that they're literally like two years apart. Uh, one is April 3rd, uh, 1998 the other one's april 10th 1996 so there is a two-year difference between Berger and andrew vaughn i don't know if that played into the factor uh or into into um Factor here, but you look at Berger's numbers um, after this year, I think he's what, top 25 in average exit velocity, top 15 in barrel rate. Um, I mean, he just got better, and you know, he only saw like 600 pitches last year. And then in 2023, he saw over 2,000 and still put up this great uh, run. So it's like maybe there's still that in Vaughn if he just sees a ton more pitches and has a ton more experience. And yeah. you, you know, in two years, he'll be 27, just like Jake Berger
2: is now. Maybe. And I I got what Austin and Alex are saying, but I believe the two injuries that Jake suffered uh, consecutively didn't necessarily put him out of sight, out of mind, but they've moved on from that. Changed their plans. Absolutely. Exactly. And so when he did what he did this year, I'm sure that Kenny, as I felt that this is a surprise, this is a shock because they didn't have him on the opening day roster what we got from him is not what we expected from him we love it and now we can use this good player and what he's doing and get another player that we actually need for the future and he doesn't want to be stuck with the carlos Quintons of the world or the avi garcias and this is unfair to jake berger because he didn't do that stuff where these players were flashed in the pants for one year had a strong year daniel palka josh fields to name a few And he didn't want to go down that road again. And I get it. You've been burned multiple times on that. And you want to uh, trade a player at its highest value. And that's what they did with Jake Berger. And you saw when he went to Miami, we already discussed the numbers. He became a better player. And maybe that is because, I don't know, multiple factors. Him playing much more, having a guaranteed job down there in Miami, them in a playoff race at that time, and him just rising to the occasion. But... As we saw, with the the average wasn't high. The on-base wasn't high. The slugging was high. He was just pretty much a stick for the White Sox, and that's what they need going forward, but if they would have traded Andrew Vaughn instead of Jake Berger, I would have had some questions for that trade because, like you said, he was drafted third overall. He was uh, staked to be the first baseman of the future after they got not get rid of Jose Abreu, didn't offer him a contract that he thought was uh, representative of what his uh, talents are, and That would have been a confusing thing to me. And as you guys said, he would have otherwise had no other position then. Like, not second base. You're not going into the year next year with Jake Berger at second base. I know he had a short sample size of people like, oh, he can play second. Calm down. He can't play second half or 152 or 162. I don't think he had a position. I like the trade at the time. I still like the trade. I think Jake's going to have a nice career. I don't think he's going to have the ass the great year that he had with the two months he had in Miami. I think he'll have a nice career where they're like, man, good job, Jake Berger. We really appreciate your uh, time here. Maybe an all-star, but that's it. I have a big-time um Belief that Jake Eater will be a contributor to the pitching staff eventually, and I don't mind the trade Maybe the player should have been a little bit higher for what they got and better and ready to play like in the majors or MLB ready I would have probably liked that a little bit more. But Fe- Eater seems like a player that they have high hopes for. A lot of MLB scouts have high hopes for. His first year in the majors or in the minor leagues was pretty good. And they're looking to go back to that. And as we know with Tommy John, it doesn't really zap you of your power or your uh, miles per hour. It just takes time to get back to that level. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Well, and you mentioned all-star. I mean, you know, Jake Berger can be the only all-star on the Miami Marlins. I feel like we can create a, a a stat like quality of all-star, you know, if you're an all-star on like the 1927 Yankees, Hey, that's a lot different than being an all-star on the 2021. I don't know Kansas city Royals or something like that. They still got to rise. Maybe a left fielder for the Kansas city Royals in 2021. Um, Sean hates All-Stars, we know that. <laughs> One specifically. Uh, and shout-out to Alex, who says, uh, Vaughn has seen more MLB pitching than Berger, uh, which is true. Uh, Jake or Andrew Vaughn, uh, 1,639 plate appearances at a major league level. Jake Berger, 765, so not even at 1,000 for Berger. And Berger's stats on baseball reference go all the way back to 2015. Yes. 2,333 plate appearances. Vaughn goes all the way back to 2017, 2,717 plate appearances. So Vaughn, in two less years, has had 200 more plate appearances. Well, yeah, than, he didn't. Than, ha- he didn't Berger.
3: He didn't have. He didn't the have injuries. You know, serious, no, know, but significant injuries. But right? What yeah. I'm <laughs> saying is,
1: like, we look at uh, Brock Purdy in the NFL with the San Francisco Giants and a lot of the talk of, you know, now Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL draft turning into a starting quarterback, it's why. And it's just because the theory, I guess, is he had so many game reps. He had so much experience that stepping into an NFL game uh, wasn't as difficult, especially when he's got the playmakers on the, on the, the 49ers like he does. So I do wonder if just maybe Jake's just catching up in experience at this point, because just like with, you know, Tommy John, Uh, You know, it just takes time to get back to that level. Maybe it's just taking Jake uh, time to get back to that level of uh – you know, a top 11 pick. Um, it just seems like he's so confident. Um, so I think that's another part of it too. And we'll see what happens with Andrew Vaughn. We didn't make the trade, so we really don't have to answer it to it. We're just kind of <laughs> talking about it. We're here. just watching. <laughs> we're just watching, right? <laughs> we're just taking this all in. Uh, anyways, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then uh, we're gonna go into the uh, mailbag uh, and answer some questions from our CHGO diehards. Uh, Want to let you know about our friends over at Hero Bread. I know our guy uh, Big Dave has been enjoying uh, his Hero Bread. I know Herb, you've been enjoying your Hero. Bread. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extremely important. Uh, there we go. Uh, it's extremely important uh, to uh, eat bread. Eat, eat bread. Yeah. Eat bread. But for her, at least, oh, and yes. for, for certain people, uh, it is important to be watching certain intakes. It yeah. should be, I mean, especially with you as a diabetic, I know it's important in hero bread,
2: you know. Uh, provides a lot to your nutrition yeah zero net carbs is perfect for me we're a lot of fiber in there too it's always good i love hero hero bread let's see what we got to (laughs) do why did i start using hero bread as sean said i have type 2 diabetes don't feel bad for me i'm good guys don't even worry about it but i need things like that i don't want to give up bread because that is the main ingredient my actual diet I got to have sandwiches. I got to have wraps. I got to have some burritos, enchiladas. And Hero Bread hooks it up. Ooh, enchiladas. Oh, man, it's delicious. I love enchiladas. Oh, man. Enchiladas are good. Yeah. It's not even hard to make either. You're really? making your own sauce? No. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that. Come on now. Just <laughs> Come on now. Shit. <laughs> should have well, Sarah over here. Sarah's over here making cookies. Purse.
0: I make a really good uh, enchilada sauce, actually. Yeah. Oh! I do. Okay. Yeah.
2: Oh, I mean some for herb. Freeze it. And I know that people worry about when you have zero net carbs, if it's like, you know, tastes good. Oh, no. Don't even worry. It tastes exactly like, and I usually have the, the flour tortillas. Tastes exactly like the flour tortillas you get from the store. But like I said, 80 calories, zero net carbs, lots of fiber. I think 15 grams of fiber. So you're all good for hero bread.
1: I'm trying to see if they, they, they mark the 15 graves of fire.
2: You get, it. You get 10% off uh, Hero.co with CHGO.
1: Yes, you do. Uh, and that's what we should let you know about. Uh, hero Bread is uh, giving the CHGO fam 10% off their first order. Use code CHGO to save on Hero Bread. Go to Hero.co That's H uh, O. That's I I don't know how to spell Hero. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O and use code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot co to save 10% Today and they also are available on Amazon. Uh, herb, thanks for being uh, light on your feet there and uh, tap dancing, and doing that read for me. Uh, you changed that O to B. It's my name. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this could be Herb Bread. It could be. I mean, if you if you become not to be like, confused
3: with Herb Bread. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
1: laughs> is that a completely different thing? It is. Um, all right. Well, I want to let you know about our friends over at Circus Sportsbook. Uh, games on Circus Sportsbook will strive to be a minus one ten. A 10 on the Circa sports menu unlike other sports books which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split uh, Circa's low hold model allows them to uh, offer you uh, less juice so if you like a certain prop if you like a team to win if you like them to cover if you like the old over uh, whether uh, or whether you like the total whether to go over or under um, Circa will always be trying to offer you a minus 110 split so you pay less to the sports. Book, and if you win, you get more money going to you. Circuit keeps as little money as possible on large met market bets like futures and golf tournaments, especially compared to other books, which makes uh, that easy for them to keep a minus one to ten split and offer that to you. And Circus customer service uh, are run by real people, and they resolve issues in a timely fashion. Unlike other sports books who use a chatbot, all other aspects of the bet, bet app are, using, are run by the same team. Uh, that runs the Circa Main Sportsbook at Circus Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Download Circus Sports Illinois at circussports.com/illinois-app today at circussports.com/illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates. If you or somebody you know have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Now, uh, sorry about that. I feel like uh, a little a little off-kilter on the ads we're going to get it at Add break two right. is going to be so stellar, it's ridiculous. Crisp? Is it so going to be crisp? crisp? A honey mm-hmm. crisp apple. Quick
0: side mm-hmm. note there is about an inch and a half uh, of snow outside. It's It'll snowing again? Like
1: yeah. This update.
0: yeah, it's like a blizzard outside it right now. It keeps on
1: going sun to snow, sun to snow. I mean, you can't see it out of that window because it's a little bit too low, but it's if a you blizzard. Were, yeah, you would be able to see usually the Sears Tower from. That, that second window? Can't right? see it. You can't see it at all. Can't see uh, it. The visibility, extremely low. Mm. Drive safe out there. Drive slow. Get home safely. And hit
0: that like button.
1: And hit, the, and hit that like button. Yeah. Not while you're driving, though. Yeah.
3: If there was a like button for winter, I would not hit it.
1: No, mm-hmm. you would not. Uh, I hate hey, winter. But uh, I mean, you and get it's to here to, early you get to go to Nashville next week and talk to well, I get, Chris to to Phoenix, oh, yeah. you get to go okay, to Phoenix but you get that's it's a lot warmer
3: highs of highs of 70 <laughs> or highs of 87 while Ooh. I'm there in, in in the desert so jealous me and Chris Getz will be wearing shorts nice <laughs> very good
1: <laughs> uh, all right uh, let's get into mailbag Monday first uh we'll get into my bla- bad plan and we'll get into my pessimism uh, a little bit later and we appreciate the person who just uh, gave us the 14th like that 14th like was so important shout out to paul canarco let's get into the mailbag one day though and belton bill melton i mean did they retire belton bill they did no okay so just paul canarco yeah they should have should have been a duel should have been a duel i I, I think that would have been good maybe you could have gotten like the uh inflatable like uh jousting no
2: no
3: dual d-u-a-l a dual retirement
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't too. think I you that met Paul Canerco.
3: I didn't think Paul Canerco and uh, Belton Bill Melton I mean, should have taken
2: ten paces. I mean, like, don't at dawn. they both live in Arizona? So when you see oh, them yeah. next week, it's like, hey, man, <laughs> <laughs> a duel time. It's a dual time. <laughs> Shoot out at the OK Corral. <laughs> um,
3: Just
2: listen to some of those Bill Melton stories. Are always good. Have them on. Uh, all right, let's uh, get into Mailbag Monday. I'm I mean, going cuss, too, so it's all good. Bill
1: Melton <laughs> asked us a question. Uh, no, uh, AJ did, who just gave us a, a thumbs up and is hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, he said, you have to... Uh, if you have to add one current Chicago sports athlete to the Chicago White Sox at any position, who do you choose and where do they play? For instance, I'm taking Zach Levine in right field. Shout out to AJ slash It's Baseball Kid uh, for being a CHGO diehard and asking the question in our uh, CHGO lounge in our, uh, in our Discord. So we appreciate that. And if you do want to become a diehard, check out allchgo.com. So if you guys are adding one current Chicago sports athlete to the White Sox at any position, Who do you choose and why?
3: So I think this was meant to be a very creative question. I'm going to take a non-creative route and just say, why wouldn't you just put Dansby Swanson in the middle infield?
0: Hey
1: <laughs> shit! That's so perfect He wasn't He wasn't. specific I mean, that's enough the,
3: That's the easy answer but it's not really very fun But that is the easy answer it's, uh, good, it's a pretty
1: good go- It's why I was very spe- specific asking Vinny yesterday Which team, Rangers or Diamondbacks Will they be like? You can't pick a middle mm-hmm. And of course you picked the smartest answer out there So congrats, TNC
2: Spots is your new shortstop I'm not mad at it Yeah, I'm going to go with Our teammate, Cole Komet. At uh, St. Viter, he pitched, and he was an All-State tight end. Then he went to Notre Dame his freshman and sophomore year. He was a reliever, closer, and then he got hurt, and so he, they closed him down from doing that, and he never pitched anymore. But have reliever Cole Komet as the either closer, which we need one. So, yeah, I would say that no Cubs. Come on, AJ. You said AD Chicago current athlete. He answered the question in good faith and made it right Yeah, yeah. no now, offense AJ <laughs> You said Chicago athlete You did, but I'm going to go with Cole
1: Komet Because he, he looks like he can pitch a little bit uh, Alright, so we got Dansby Swanson Which is a great answer We got Cole Komet uh, Lefty too There you go um, So we got second base In right field open Yep, Pitching I feel like is a tough thing to just kind of jump in Right. If anyone's going to have any success, they kind of have to be, I think, a hitter. Okay. Because pitching, it seems like a lifelong venture. Yes. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Deion Sanders and Michael Jordan, they didn't come into minor league baseball and start pitching. Correct. I don't think that's a hobby you just pick up. Um, Okay. Well, maybe you want to think on an answer to to satisfy. I have a
3: backup, but I need to figure out how to pronounce his name. (laughs) Why not?
1: Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond's got hops. He's tall. The outs above average would be insane. I mean, we tried it with Gavin Sheets. Why not make it bigger and better? I mean, Andre Andre Drummond could probably swing like a 44 ounce bat. But I mean, if It's you, a big dude.
2: But if you've seen basketball players try to play baseball, it's yeah, usually not good. It, it is it, usually terrible. The this example of a that top 10 pick. I understand that. They're usually uncoordinated and don't know how to swing a bat. AJ's guy was a little bit better because Zach Levine's dad, I think, played professional softball, and so he's learned the game throughout his career and played baseball. He's played in the uh, celebrity
3: softball game.
2: Yeah, and so, yeah – Cool. Dr- Liberty am softball. I'm telling you, you hit a if, homer off Dave Coulier. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, if you look in here, I guarantee you'll probably find Andre Drummond swinging a bat and he looks awkward as fuck. I don't know. You see DeMar DeRozan throwing like a 30-yard bomb. Yeah, and football in- is not that hard. Baseball is foreign to most of these basketball players. All right. I've got I've got my
3: better answer, AJ. I've got a better one for you. More creative, at least. Uh, so, socks. When it comes to uh, stopping the, w- the wild pitches, yes, not so great. Oh, here we go. Right? Yeah. So you need a goalie is like what you this. need. Yeah, I like so... I don't know if you want the guy who let up eight last night <laughs> against the Coyotes, uh, but you could go with either of the two Hawks goalies, whether that's Peter Mrazek or so right. Arvid Soderblom. Oh, uh, oh look at you, the Swede! Watch out, Jay uh, Zawoski. Yeah, uh, so I'd go with. Yeah, go ahead and put one of those two behind the plate, so uh, you get just nothing but
2: nothing but blocked blocked balls, no wild pitches at all. This season. Couldn't be worse. <laughs> They barely threw anybody out. D- all he had d- to do d- is throw the ball right back to the pitcher. I think uh-huh. those guys could do that. There you yeah. go. And they get to wear all the hot goalie the oh. goalie pads, too. <laughs> Butterfly <laughs> They get safe. the stick and the glove. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I'd be less
1: afraid if I, to catch if I had all that stuff. Right, exactly. Me. So, I mean, yes. I, I think that makes And it. the batter gets
2: a little too close to him. He hits him with a stick. Exactly. Like, get out of here. Get yeah. out of my
1: zone. Get out of the crease. AJ's saying Andre Drummond's knees would turn into dust in the outfield. So, how about this, AJ i'd pick patrick williams i think they're actually the same height even though one's a forward and one's more of a center uh patrick williams apparently is too afraid to play basketball so maybe he won't be too afraid to play baseball (laughs) um i looked up if Connor bedard could you know maybe he's he's not a big guy no No. not a big guy he's really good at the hockey
3: part of athletics he's extremely
1: young too which (laughs) i thought would be good but he threw out a first pitch at the cubs oh boy I mean, Not good. It, it, it wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was still an athlete throwing a pitch. He got it over the plate. He got it to Clark the Cub on a fly. Was he wearing pants? Well, it was Bedard? July. <laughs> oh, I mean Clark. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, Clark is pants pantless. Oh, the some pervert. Pants on. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't think Bedard has the form to, to 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 make it. You know, I mean, maybe Bedard can. I think he. Uh, his first goal was at, like, 82 miles per hour. So, I mean, like, that's good sweeper, uh, you know, velocity. But I don't think don't think You want him to sit
3: on hour. the pitch, stand on the pitcher's mound and shoot the pitch with the puck that's a pr- or with the
1: stick, right? That's really. a pretty tough angle to hit from. I mean, think about Aaron Bummer. I mean, Aaron Bummer's, I mean, who's the one guy, uh, Rogers, on the Giants? I mean, he's basically scraping the, the ground with his knuckles. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I mean. It's not a horrible idea. I mean, give Brian Bannister five months. It's a good question. It's a good question, It is a good question. Nicely
2: done. Have you ever uh, seen them play tennis in baseball style? So the pitcher has a tennis racket Pit, it pitches it with the tennis racket and you hit the ball with the tennis racket and to pick off the guy you have to hit the ball that's with stupid. the tennis racket
3: why aren't we watching this
2: all the time i don't know
3: it looked <laughs> very entertaining as hell
2: that sounds was, fantastic they were picking people off with the hitting a tennis racket hitting the ball over there and they would just grab it and t- tag them oh that's phenomenal oh, it's great you know they do play
1: that sport and it's called baseball <laughs>
2: Not play. with tennis rackets. Yeah, why would they play with tennis rackets? Because <laughs> it's why? wacky. Because Peter I Sampras can come back and play. Uh, <laughs> sure. That's uh, the main reason. See? Look, son. again. Yep. To be fair. Stop doing it. Make up your mind, Chicago. Can see the Sears Tower now.
1: Yeah. Alec uh, mentions in the chat, he'd uh, he his answer to Justin Fields at second base. Uh, Justin Fields did play. He did. In high school. He was a shortstop and second baseman uh, out of Kennesaw. He was the 44th ranked shortstop Top 250 overall in uh, the national 2018 class. Uh, and out of Georgia, he was a top 30 player and uh, top 10 shortstop. Uh, so, hey. So he was actually good at baseball. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, the shocker, the 6'4 athletic freak is an athletic freak. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe baseball wasn't a sport, though, but it's fast. So, I mean, I don't think there's a tough answer if you're saying the best player from this team could work. I mean, you could even pick... I mean, Candace Parker doesn't play for the Sky. I'm not gonna. I shouldn't. Probably. No, she's gone. Who's on the Sky anymore? Kalia Copper. There you go. She can play right. She's better than Gavin Fields. Or, or Gavin Sheets. Uh, let's jump into uh, the next question here. Who's Gavin Fields?
2: I don't know. Oh, you just made him Josh up. I said Josh Fields, Fields earlier, so yeah, maybe you I put that. Well, in your I think head. you
3: were merging him with Justin Fields, so you were just oh, talking yes. about it. Yeah, that, that's helpful. Uh, all right, next
1: question is uh, from our diehard uh, sports underscore gal underscore score Ali and Ian Robo. Uh this is a joint question. Well, it wasn't really a there question. There were similar ones. Yeah, gotcha. it was it was more of a discussion and gotcha. I thought why not ask Vinny and Herb? Is the new White Sox front office set up too much like the old front office situation, um them saying uh Josh Barfield would be the Rick Hahn, Chris getz would be the Kenny Williams. You're shaking your head.
3: No. Explain. That is wrong. Um and in fact, I think that it stands out that this is not set up that way. Uh, Chris Getz is the GM. There is no head of baseball operations besides him. Uh, for years the entirety of Rick Hahn's tenure as the general manager of this team Kenny Williams was above him on the flow chart uh, you know or of the organization now is that how it always worked out it was hard to tell sometimes with uh, Rick being kind of the point man uh, in terms of who we were talking to Mm -hmm. in terms of saying uh, you know being the spokesman for the organization in terms of apparently the guy making the decisions uh, you know in conjunction with other people but You know, it was his rebuilding project, right? Not Mm -hmm. his and Kenny's kind of. So uh, at least that's how it was presented. So um, this is the opposite of that. One guy at the top. And they said that that's what they wanted when they fired Rick and Kenny. uh, The White Sox said they were looking for a single decision maker. They hired him or promoted him, rather, in Chris Goetz. Josh Barfield, great hire. Everybody's excited for him. Uh, You know, just obviously did a great job with the Diamondbacks. His title is assistant general manager, the same one that Chris Goetz had for the last couple of years that uh, Jeremy Haber had and continues to have with the White Sox. Um, So, no, this is not that situation at all. Uh, A different rung of the organizational ladder, so to speak, is where Goetz and Barfield are compared to where Rick and Kenny were. Um, And so I think Barfield is part of that brain trust, but this is Chris Getz's ship, and he's running it.
2: And I can see why people can get confused on that thing, but Vinny explained it perfectly. There's no time where Josh Barfield's going out and making a deal with another team and then going to check with Rick. Hey, Rick, can we get this done? That's what Rick had to do each time. For That's what I was been told to get a a trade done he had to go and see kenny who was his boss the whole time so there's no josh barfield independently going out and getting a thing for jeremy haber and so yeah as you said he's the guy he's the number one he's going out and searching for deals he's going out unless he tells one of these guys josh barfield or um jeremy haber to go out on his stead then those guys have to go out and then still report back to him. But he's the guy, the main guy, who will be uh, in charge of this team and will be blaming him or giving him the credit. Not Josh Barfield, not Jeremy Haber, not any of the other people. He's the guy. The buck stops with Chris gets. Right. And it does
1: seem like Josh's more main overview will just be hiring a farm director and filling out the farm.
3: Uh, like, um, I don't know if no? that's entirely true. I think right now... What's They don't have a farm director right now. Mm-hmm. Chris Getz has to hire a farm director. Yep. Uh, because of Josh Barfield's background in being a farm director, I think anything until they hire a new one, he will have... You know, some some say in what goes on in that that will be part of his purview, so to speak. Um, but he explained it to us that he will also be involved in player acquisition and in all the other stuff that a front office member would be involved in. Uh, you know, or in I should say, an assistant GM would be involved in. Um, he is not going to be the farm director; it will be somebody else. And Josh Barfield will be the assistant general manager.
1: So we'll see how this unfolds. And two, I mean, they haven't even made a single move yet as a a, a front office duo this offseason they yeah.
3: did pick up that guy from the Rangers like yes. you said Herd. I don't Spears, remember his name, his name. Huh?
1: Spears or Spees, Spees. S-P-E-A-S Spees yeah. Yeah. we're talking about
2: Alex Spees he's a relief yeah. pitcher yes yeah.
3: see we remembered his name
2: right away <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what with, <laughs> with his shaving uh, off uh, thing were you trying to go for Paul Canerco today You got a little Paul Canerco in you today thank you yes <laughs> you look like Paul Canerco especially when he shaved his beard off <laughs> I'm telling you I don't think
1: I do. I, um, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I expect this to be the Chris Getz show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If if Jerry's making you the guy after 15 years and firing his son, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really think that this is going to be Josh Barfield muddying waters. I don't think this is going to be uh, – I can't even think of the other guy's name. Uh, Jeremy Haber's uh, muddying the waters. It, it does seem like – this is gonna be Chris Getz's show and operation and we'll see uh, how that plays out. Um, but I, I don't I don't think we're gonna get Messiness like Kenny and Rick were. Um, And then let's take a break. And then we'll get into the final question from our guy, Jim. And then we'll uh, terrorize Vinny and Herb with my thoughts and ideas. I want to let you know about our friends over at Fubo TV. They have 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. And best of all, you can start watching immediately with a free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching today. And the part that really sells it to me uh, the thousand hours of cloud dvr included at no extra charge so whether you're watching golden bachelor whether you're watching sports whether you want to watch the news cartoons oh you could record cartoons i love cartoons you got a favorite cartoon
3: oh wiley like coyote and roadrunner okay. yeah well, that's classic herb yeah. you got a favorite cartoon
2: uh woody Woodpecker.
1: Okay. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Simpsons are pretty good Oh uh, I guess that counts yeah, as a cartoon fine. I yeah. guess
2: it does I guess.
1: Uh, <laughs> And you watch local teams while traveling as well And uh, you got college football this week You got the NFL coming up uh, Bears are on a bye I think right?
2: they are play this no, week they play. they play
1: This week Where they play?
2: Um, they play the... Someone on Sunday. Yeah, I forgot. Okay. Well, I know they, Thursday, for the tailgate, they play the Panthers. You go
1: watch them then uh, as they take on the Saints in New Orleans. Ah. Uh, and there's also uh, NBC Sports on Fubo, uh, UEFA Euro qualifiers, and the Ryder Cup. So watch all your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com chgo. That's fubotv.com slash chgo to sign up today for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. I also want to let you know about our friends over at Chevy. If I can find the read, Ray Chevy, there probably. Ray Sheffer. Yeah. Uh, are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because our friends over at Ray Chevy in Fox Lake have joined the CHGO team. We know and are proud to let you know about the Ray Price Promise, the guarantee that the price you pay when you uh, the price that you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. They found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you. When you come into the dealership, asking things like Are you a recent college grad? No. Are you active in the military? I am not. Are you a farmer? I am not. Are you Herb Lawrence? I am currently. Oh, okay. Uh, you might answer no to most of those questions, unless you're Herb. Uh, you might answer yes to that one. It's a weird question to ask me. Yeah, I don't know if that was. a weirder
3: question to ask anybody else. Yes. But-
1: <laughs> I don't know if that one's one that has a limited rebate on it, too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's when other dealers, when you say no to all those questions, even the Herb Lawrence one, will raise the price on you, saying the price online included limited rebates that you do not qualify for. At Ray, that's not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever and in fact ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you which may make the price lower than you see online as one of the top selling dealers in the midwest you'll always be able to shop one of Chicago Lane's largest inventory and right now you could save big at ray chevy during their truck or treat savings event because, oh truck or treat hey I'll see what they did there probably over tomorrow uh but t- today's the best day to do it you can go yeah right i mean they, they probably put the bowl of candy out and all you have to do is you know go up and take as many as you want because
3: as many trucks as you uh, want
1: zero yeah, percent <laughs> uh, is back and now available on new silverado trucks uh the perfect tailgating vehicle so come on into ray chevrolet in fox lake and find the vehicle you've been searching for and best of all pay zero hidden fees uh with the ray price promise visit ray chevrolet in fox lake or raychevrolet.com serving the community since 1963 find New Roads. Also, All right. Way too much Witty Banner. Yeah, way too much Witty that Banner.
2: That just pissed at the house.
1: That was extremely... Uh, did you hear about this? I saw it, yeah. Oh, okay. you, you tweeted about it, right?
3: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were on, you so, were
1: on Twitter during your vacation?
3: At times. Oh, okay. I did see what was going on in the World Series. Yeah. yeah or before the World Series started. Apparently my Twitter. Yeah, sorry hear People
0: that. hate fun. Wow. That's what I've taken from that, because I love the Witty ba- wi- Banner. And I, it's yeah. entertaining. Now, that could just be because I hear it every day. And so it's nice to like get a different one. But I I'm like sure it.
2: The advertisers like it too. Yeah. Having fun with their ads. But, why don't you write a, a, an iTunes review saying, <laughs> an hey, an I love the review. witty banter
1: so much. And we'll, we'll, we'll I will, I will. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate that. You're really producing here today. Uh, going above and beyond. It even made the welcome home sign for Vinny yesterday too. Uh, that was our, great. <laughs> let's uh, get into our uh, final question here. Uh, this one isn't, from a diehard, but from a guy who sits... Uh, oh, he's a diehard. But He is a diehard Sox fan, but I don't I don't think he's actually a part he's of the like diehard program. He's like 20 in that photo. Probably yeah. Watching, yeah, the, right. Uh, watching right now
3: on the train back home. Yeah.
1: With the scooter right by his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jim. Who he's not going
3: to be able to drive that home today. Yeah, he had to do that in the snow. You're not driving
1: that scooter home through snow, Jim. I'm Brutal. sorry.
3: You're going to have to carry that.
1: Uh, Jim approached Vinny and I and said, uh, him and his brother, right? Is him and his uh, cousin? I don't remember. A relative relative uh we're talking about this question he turned it on us Mm -hmm. if you were a hitter with no degrading stamina how many pitches would it take for you to get a hit off prime chris sale throwing 100 percent each time he can switch up his pitches yeah he can go fastball slider fastball 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 whatever but his
3: stamina does go
1: down his stamina does go down correct so how many pitches will it take until you finally get a hit off of chris sale
2: answering the question first with a question. Oh, we answered with like a
3: hundred. Yeah. So okay. we'll I just Feel want free. to need we'll with one question.
2: <laughs> <of> <laughs> is it me or is this hypothetical me who is actual MLB? No, it's you. No, it's you, it's you oh, currently. It's none. You. Walk into the place. It's, it's over. None. No. It's well, inf- no, no, no. I would not be so, able to get a hit off of Chris. So, so said you said infinite. Yes. He could keep throwing until he literally drops dead. Herb Lawrence could not get a hit off. I've struck out in softball. No. No. I could so push off ball. No. Chris Sale in 2017 struck out 310, I think, Major League Baseball players. That's only happened, I think, 19 times. 19 different men have done that. No. 45, 44-year-old Herb Lawrence could not do that ever, ever. Maybe every once in a while I'm just sitting fastball. He throws me one right down the middle. I get a foul tip off of it. But Other than Herb, that, no. But I'm Herb. gonna be scared of that slider that's looking for my back foot, and I'm gonna be either bailing or swinging at a ball way before that. But
3: that's—I think you're missing the essence of the question, yes. which is he—he he he keeps throwing. Okay. He keeps throwing. So even if you put the best pitcher in baseball history, you, they can't throw a thousand pitches in one sitting. In one at bat, so to speak. He would just stop
2: throwing. He would either die or retire. But, but you still would I would never. not get a hit. Even the pitch before he died. No. <laughs> no. Because <His laughs> I would be sitting on fastballs the whole time. Because I know I can't hit a slider, change up curve. I'm done. And his fastball is 100 miles per hour at that time, right? But it wouldn't be 100 after hundreds right. of it pitches to run. Three Pitch 300, it would be. 86. It be. I would still strike out.
3: Yes. Cuz okay. I agree with you, but I just want people to understand what the question was. Okay. Cuz I am a horrible athlete yeah. and I think that it would be a similar answer to yours, mm-hmm. but I want people to understand that that the the specifics of the question that Jim presented. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we do more of a I don't know if we talk about Jesse Schultons and then he eventually tires it out. I can maybe get a knock off him. How many pitches for Jesse Schultons? Would it, would Jesse Shultons be able to
1: get to three hundred pitches, blowing them past you before you got a hit? Put one put one in play past a fielder, <sighs> pa- past him, past You've, the f- no
2: past fielder.
3: the infield. No, no, the infielders. I no. should say
2: you don't have to run, but like no. just get get past. Them. I would not get past. I would, the best I can do is follow the ball off, off of him at 300 pitches. He can throw whatever he wants to throw. And Schultons what, mid nineties, 300 pitches, 300 pitches. They wouldn't be of able pitches. to pick their arm up. Yeah. He would be tired, <laughs> but I would be tired. I mean, I forgot. It's, I get stamina that's 100. Right. The stamina bar for me, me is at, at 100. Yeah. I'll stay, stay, stay there, and my talent would be at the zero. So sure. but your stamina is still high. I'll be, oh, man, I'm feeling great, but I'm terrible <laughs> at baseball. I mean, maybe I would get a like a, a foul tip, and it would go right past him, but he would just throw me out, but that would be it. Or a foul or a ball that is hit softly, and it goes right back to him. You're or not it, hitting a ball out of the infield, is what you're saying. no.
3: The Not ans- at all. The answer, to the- yes, sales stamina degrades. That is correct, yes. So after each and yes. every single pitch. It gets a little bit smaller. A- Alex 100% says 500 each pitches. I- it would be the multiple hundreds for me, but there is going to be a point where he just physically can't pitch anymore. Yes. And so he's just got to start, like, lobbing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think then the question becomes how many swings against, like, a 70 mile an hour ball would it take me to hit a grounder that wasn't right at an infielder? <laughs> so then the question becomes that. So let's go ahead and say I will go up somewhere in close to 400. 350 plus.
1: For Chris Sale.
3: For Chris Sale. Oh. For the Chris Sale answer. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I have a diff- and you're a lefty yeah, too. I have a, diff- I have a different chask Ooh. than you guys because you guys are both righties. E. Um, that slider is going to eat me up I mean, and, and any fastball up and in or just in in general is going to eat me up. I would. I, I feel like I, I, th- I think of myself as a better athlete than you think of yourself, Finny, just because I am younger. But I don't know. I <laughs> you honestly, are younger. I honestly thought you, were, you would say a, a number in the 500s to 700s.
3: I mean, that could very well be true. I just think that for a Major League Baseball pitcher, we see how Major League Baseball pitchers, the best of them, right, get just – and granted they're facing major league baseball hitters yes. so it's a different thing but like like some of them struggle to get to 100 sometimes so like i'm saying that like once they hit about 160 170 they're just not even going to be able to do what they're used to doing and that will just go sharply down the more they go so i think by the time that chris sale has in permanently injured himself by throwing <laughs> 300 so pitches then it just becomes am i going to be able to get the ball past any fielder uh
1: 20 people have thrown uh more strikeouts than chris sale in the 2017 season where he struck out 308 uh so i mean this is a the best of the best the elite of the elite yes i i I don't know i don't i don't trust myself i mean uh, maybe it'd be 250 and i get lucky but also this is the same person that uh in road to the show on all-star difficulty i just played about nine straight innings uh where i couldn't get a hit off yeah. the Cardinals, so yeah, I don't.
3: But that's your thumbs,
1: <laughs> yeah, right? So my hands and my eye coordination and my
2: body—that's probably my, worse, right? You know, yeah, there's no yeah. way. There's, yeah, there's I'm so very scared scary because remember, Chris hits a couple people too, and I'm jumping out of the, the box. Sure. But you're, but you're
3: not affected. Your injury is all your permanent. bar is still first. It's still, still going to hurt, hurt.
1: <laughs> if it helps. Chris Sale in 214 innings in 2008 hit eight guys. Awesome. That's perfect. That's, Mick, that's not a lot. Mickey Lolich, who struck out three hundred eight in nineteen seventy one in three hundred seventy six innings. Uh, so like, Jesus, yeah, hundred and fifty more innings. Talk about arms
3: falling off. Hit seven guys. So I definitely less. think that I could get hit by Chris Sale in <laughs> within two hundred pitches. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would yeah let <laughs> yeah, one of those sliders <laughs> just hit me in my ankle like yeah. Bitch. Yeah, well, it wasn't
1: get on base. It was get a hit. Yeah, okay. I understand.
3: It's a different question, <laughs> but that one I'm a lot more confident in answering.
1: How yeah, how what would happen first? Uh, a hit by pitch, a fielding
3: error, or you actually? Genuinely getting a hit. A hit by pitch, without even a doubt. I'm not hitting a ball hard enough for anybody to make an error. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like... <laughs> you do not have to rush. I'm not running very fast. It's, yeah, 90 feet fine.
2: is a thing, yeah. as I've seen. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to be tough. And even if I fall down, or even if I hit it to a guy very slowly, he's going to take his time. He <laughs> can just walk relax, to that thing. And throw the ball a lob. It's a good question, too, because, like... I don't have the ability
3: to bunt a major league pitch, right? No. Like I, I don't think to. I could even get an infield. That's I can't worse. Run fast
1: enough to That's get worse. an infield single. That's when your
3: your hand in danger. Yeah. This hand or this hand. But your stamina stays 100%. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm good. <laughs> well, the other question too is my hand my stamina stays 100%, but I'm still a scaredy cat. Yes. Uh, my hands will still sting from trying to hit a ninety mile per hour fastball. I'm quitting before I actually get a, a hit. I mean, a, I mean, absolutely. I know myself. I mean, there's no way. I mean, I'm I sitting here my, for a reason.
2: Not yeah, to, I don't think that my a batting game. arm swing goes that fast to hit a hundred mile per hour fastball or ninety mile power slider like a slider was devastating yeah. so here's a, that's what we forget about like yes after 300 pitches it would be less devastating and his arm be tired and maybe fall off i think he'd just switch to the right arm and he'd still get me out
3: so here's a question then here's a new question sean going off what you said because it's very true and applies to me certainly as well how many pitches in would you be would you stop being so scared that you would actually swing <laughs> oh i'd need to see at least 50 <laughs> right like if they're coming in at 100 like you're gonna, be, I'm, you're gonna be four. You four? would see a four, four. one hundred mile an hour pitches, and then be yeah. like, "All right, I'm let her rip." I got, I got the four. time. You're let like, her rip.
0: Four, four. How many pitches would it put take you to get a hit?
3: All right, sir, answer the original question. How many could you get a of Chris hit? Chris Sale.
0: Six. six. Okay, we need six.
3: To, I would pay Chris Sale so much You'd money
1: get
0: to do a this. hit. After six, I would hit the six one. No, to get
3: a hit, reach like hit the ball to the outfield. For just a single though Just a single
0: Oh like Six or seven pitches. Come okay. on, I Sarah. a major
3: league baseball player.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: That's, you. that's that youth speaking right wow. there. All right. he said a, that's the
0: youth. Sarah, Sarah,
2: Sarah I think you
3: might need to go You might need to go try out during spring training. Yeah, so I think, I, I, think like,
0: I had too much sugar this morning.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a blissfully unaware answer. Sarah's, Sarah's
3: three hot bags of Halloween candy
2: deep right hey, <laughs> now. I like Put the confidence in, in yourself, that's... Sarah, but I want to see this. I want to set this up. Hey, Chris Sale, what are you doing? Six pitches for Sarah. See if she gets a hit.
1: I mean, pitch six would be like the designer, right? Because, I mean, it's you know, it's either
3: she gets a hit, hit or he count. or
1: she's out. You know, maybe you walk. Oh, too. I see what you're yeah, saying. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Sarah's got some pretty decent. Uh, uh, good eye at the play. Heart ball. and chase rate uh,
2: <laughs> swing take. Well, the monitors. funny part is,
0: too, Herb's the only one I think out of the three of you that has actually seen me, like, swing a bat because yeah. of softball. And so it's just.
2: You get contact I, every time.
0: Almost every time. Yeah, that's pretty and, I'm maybe not as fast as others, but i could I feel like I could do something so yeah. she's
3: got experience facing those one hundred mile an hour sixteen
2: inch softball pitches she <laughs> yeah, think it yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh present day same thing alejandro present day Chris sale no. I, maybe maybe after like one fifty well he'd get he'd get uh tired a lot faster and he'd than be he would. too. you give me one
3: seventy
1: five I'm hitting modern here we Chris go sale. though
3: I think he'd definitely hit you within like 20 or 30. Oh, oh my God.
2: <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Just like his first it. pitch, you just fucking throw in my ribs. Like, you son of a bitch. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Really lost his
1: control after 2017. Uh, 158 innings, uh, 14 hit by pitches, 147, 13 hit by pitches, 102 this year, uh, 8 hit by pitches. Damn. That was the same in 214 innings as 2017. Uh, so, yeah, Chris Sales lost it. So, you're definitely getting drilled by Chris On first base. In modern day 2023. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that's it for the uh, questions. I guess I could give you a preview on the bad plan since this is Halloween and, and everything spooky. Um, so, the the present this is all based off of Sox machines off season project plan they based their budget on a budget that would be $185 million for the 2024 season. What I'm trying to do is create one that is well under the $185 million budget, one that's near or at that $185 million budget, and one that's a little bit more aggressive that maybe the White Sox are able to spend $200 million or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, This one has me declining the option for Tim Anderson, Liam Hendricks, and Mike Clevenger would be opting out. Uh, Leary Garcia is still getting paid $5.5 million. He is also in uh Lidon, uh right now uh playing uh, so hey maybe there's a comeback maybe you offer him a hundred thousand, and he gets i know, mean you're correct me 5 million. 5.6
3: million correct me if i'm wrong i believe him and Hanser alberto are on the same yes. Team. correct
1: yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah him Hanser, and i think fran mil reyes but i, I can wow. i could be wrong on that star studded um absolutely <laughs> um but this budget the grand total of the bad place, and this is taken from uh, the good place off NBC, right? There's either a good place, a bad place, or you know maybe there's something in between. Um, this budget is at. 116 million dollars 116 yeah all uh. right you went.
3: you went way low
1: well yeah i mean that, i guess that was kind of the point a, uh, a place that was uh really just indefensible uh a place that i guess uh if if it does happen um i won't be surprised and honestly I, i'd be so sad uh, i'll be very disgusted. but this is um, like
3: a refusing to
2: fill out a roster exactly well, yeah yeah pretty much okay. I, I mean this is this is i mean call up your minor leaguers and letting them take over second right field in all the pitching Mm, spots don't get ahead of yourself
1: too much because second isn't a a minor leaguer uh it's elvis andrews here are the old players (laughs) no elvis andrews playing short uh first base andrew vaughn okay uh shortstop elvis andrews third base yon mancada left field andrew benatendi couldn't get rid of him uh (laughs) center field luis robert jr uh right field gavin sheets catcher Corey Lee. Uh, and this is on the bench. Utility, Romy. Utility, Zach Remillard. Utility,
2: Popeye. So Romy didn't start at second? Golly.
3: So you have no backup outfielders. Just throw Remillard mm. and Gonzalez out there. Yeah. Mm. Sounds good. He's playing center yeah. under this plan. Luis, Romy, I guess Luis Robert Jr. Well, but what, he's not going to play 162.
1: <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could, I could figure that out a little bit more. I, I guess I don't have a center fielder, um,
3: <laughs> a backup one, but
1: I mean, Hey, Luis yeah. Robert Jr. Is a pretty good player. There you go. Uh, starting pitching cease and Kopech. Those are the only, uh, players that are staying out of the bullpen. Gregory Santos, Aaron bummer, Brian Shaw is returning. Mm. Uh, Jose Ureña is returning lane Ramsey, Tuki Toussaint, Garrett crochet. Um, the players that are new, a catcher, your starting catcher, who just had 100 weighted runs created plus with the Cleveland Guardians, Zachary Collins. Ugh. Zach Collins and Corey Lee are your catchers. Your second baseman is Nikki Lopez after yeah. he is traded to the Braves uh, for Mike Soroka. And uh, Nikki Lopez for Aloy Jimenez, um, and then you got Framil Reyes. Uh, wait a second! Signed. Wait a
3: second! You yeah. traded Aloy to the Braves for Soroka. for Soroka and Nikki Lopez. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Right. I'm uh, just trying to follow.
1: Though. Not saying that that's fair or, or good. I would uh, take but the fuck out of that. The 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 idea is that Soroka has not pitched in two years and uh, looks like he may never pitch again. And Nikki Lopez is a second baseman who used to be with the Royals. Kind of like
2: Mike Soroka. When the White Sox trade him, he never pitched after that. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Uh, Mike Soroka and Mike Soraka. Nice uh, little crossovers there. Um, but the idea, too, with the Braves is uh, there's a team option for Ozuna this year. You decline it. I think his team option $16 million. Aloy is thirteen point five. right? So you're just replacing uh, Ozuna with a player that you might think have more potential. Um, the White Sox are getting rid of him for cap relief, uh, cap
3: relief in baseball
1: hey uh, <laughs> there's no cap <laughs> there is no cap that's true uh, so much tell Jerry Reinstorf um he's the never spent over the uh what's Not what's come close to the balance yeah. tax um and real quick uh signing with Aloy going out Framiel Reyes would be your DH Framiel Reyes mm-hmm. uh has a slugging percentage of 771 right now in the Dominican League so let's go uh
2: you bring those pictures where he's Facing now, to the American League. Well,
1: well, two. here are some of them. Uh, they're in the rotation for the White Sox. Uh, Johnny Cueto, he's back. Uh, he had a great year in 2022. And Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz were with him in San Francisco. Uh, same with Alex Wood. Uh, he's a, a lefty uh, who's for that one. You know, he's, he, he can give you innings. I was looking for 130 innings, and mm-hmm. I think he does that decently. And then uh, Soroka, who was acquired in the trade, um, and then the only other player that is uh, new to the bullpen is Nick Nostrini. I, I really think that this this plan is is possible if they really do just kind of run it back. I don't know what the idea is for 2024. I think there is a part where, hey, we think we're going to be competitive in 2025. Um, so let's go and make some progress now and maybe we can make be a 75 win team. I think that's the okay place. But if they are just not interested in spending after having the worst attendance attendance in baseball, I don't know. I mean what? What? the tenants drop year, year yeah. over yeah. year? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. percentage yeah. drop. Um, what I guess is signaling that they would spend anywhere near 180 million. Like I guess it's not wrong, and uh, Jim and Josh have been very accurate in their past two predictions with the budget. But I don't know. I feel like it's going down. I don't think it's 185. So this is obviously being drastic and you know hyperbolic and
3: uh, yeah. And I worst what, case I, scenario, I get what you're saying there, and I I you your overarching thought that maybe they'll just spend less and wait kind of thing is not wrong i think the thing that that you, what you said there doesn't do is there's not really one move that you made that would have an eye on 2025 right no. everything there was just wheel spinning you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like i said earlier just fill you know feel the team and and twiddle your thumbs until because next winter is when we're going to do the real work like there's there are moves that can be made this winter that even if they're not super competitive in 2024 would be very beneficial to them competing in 2025 and i think that even in a world where the outcome is what you're saying maybe they're just going to decrease spending and, and wait until 2025. They're still going to do things that set them up to be better in 2020, or to be a contender even in 2025. And so those moves can happen this winter, even if that, what you just said, is the end result of the major league season in 2024. I think that the things that you just described are like, here's my off-season plan if they're not trying to be good and major league baseball folds after 2024 you know what i mean like there will be a season in 2025 and it's one that they can pre- start preparing for now they could also do the other things that you are going to get at down the road which is you know be, Not be a pessimist r- right Try. so so yeah so i think uh i i think that's what you could you could You could make some moves there that would be like, and maybe that guy would have upside for two years down the road kind of thing. And and I think you will see some of those moves, regardless of where they're going to end up for 2024. I think you still see some of those moves this winter because they are trying to build for more than just next year.
2: Yeah, that's hell right there, Sean. I I couldn't see them doing that. But also I can see them maybe doing similar things because of the lack of experience of this front office so they just don't know how to get deals done and all the work they have to get done is a lot so they could just kick that can down the road to the 2024 offseason but yeah that team would be horrible i don't know if they would win the games they won this year also they won games
3: also what did you do to jesse Shulton's? <laughs> Oh, it's
0: true. Yeah, he's like, I honestly no.
1: Rookie, no, it's fair. I honestly spent too much money on Alex Wood. I, I should probably just get rid of Alex Wood and put Jesse. You Shultons somehow here. figured out a Few way dollars. to bring. You somehow that's figured a out a way to
3: bring Jose Urania back, but yeah. kicked
1: Jesse Schultons out of the organization. No, that's a good point. I don't think we're gonna have <laughs> Jose Urania back. I think that because Urania is gonna cost a little bit of money. Schultens is cheap. Uh, that's the whole point. Uh, yeah, no, that's catastrophic. Uh, the White Sox don't try, and Major League Baseball is folding. I think that's a good way to put it, Vinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the White Sox are gonna try in some way and that would be the okay plan like obviously I'll have the the perfect plan where if, if they're spending and there is no limitations uh, and I, I'm trying to be a, uh, an AL Central winner uh, there will be that plan but I, I will have a little bit more tomorrow uh, something a little bit more realistic I guess you cool. could say um, that's her looking forward to it the purgatory plan <laughs> a little bit better than purgatory that's
2: where the White Sox would be in purgatory
1: I guess I guess the idea of purgatory is that you're at some point hopefully going to get to the, the other One place, the place, the good place. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, I guess purgatory is a good word for it. Uh, thank you to Sarah for producing the show and for baking her cookies um, and her confidence in hitting Chris Sale. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Hectorwall23. That's Vinnie Duber. You can follow him at Vinnie Duber. He's our CHGO I Talk Speedwriter. He's got a brand new piece up at allchgio.com, so go read it if you haven't yet. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore, w underscore Anderson. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: and Goodbye. <laughs> city like the mayor.